This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Stephen Means, Andrew Gillis, and it's Recruiting Tuesday. I don't have a name for the Monday pod. I don't have a name for the Tuesday pod either. I don't have a name for any of these pods. I just know the actual pod is called Buckeye Talk, and that's probably all that matters here. We are here again with another recruiting pod. We'll start with Andrew. Once again, it was Friday night, and you went out to go see a teenager. Who did you go watch? What did you learn? What didn't you learn? Just tell us. Tell us about your Friday night. Well, I want to comment on something very quickly before. Uh, you said you know you went out and saw a teenager. I think in my time on this beat, I have gained such an appreciation for the difficulty that some of these college coaching staffs have to recruit some of these kids because I looked at, and this isn't a comment about Dorian Brew or a couple of these other kids, but I looked at some of these kids and I'm 27 and you kind of do the math and you're like, all right, these 2025 kids are born, I guess, 2007. Oh no. Oh no. And you know, you start to think like these are these are 15-year-old kids and these college coaching staffs, especially, you know, the high-end programs, they have to look at a 15-year-old and say, what is this kid going to be when he's 22? And yep. that's a really difficult job. So, I have gained an appreciation for that. Um, but I think this is a good segue with Dorian Brew. You see the talent there with this kid. Um, you know, I saw him play I'm glad I I'm I'm glad and upset that I saw him play this game. Um, so Dorian Brew, he's from uh, Clayton, Ohio, which is it's in the Kettering area. Um, he goes to Northmont High School, and they played Fairmont High School. Uh, so it was a very fun game. It was fourteen to nothing. Dorian Brew's team, Northmont, was winning. They blew a fourteen point lead in the fourth quarter, and Fairmont just kind of turned on the Jets, and they won in overtime. Um, so it was uh, a little bit of a subdued Dorian after the game. I did feel bad um, considering that happened, but it was a good mix for Dorian because Dorian doesn't really play a lot of offense and he plays corner. And if you know anything about Ohio high school football, Fairmont runs the triple option and they show up in the flex bone. So I think they threw at Dorian maybe once or twice all game. Uh, fortunately we were able to, or at least I was able to take a video of one of the plays where they threw at him. Uh, that's currently on our YouTube page. If you want to go look at one of our YouTube shorts, but you saw him in a little bit of different situations because the athleticism is there. They threw a few passes to him. You can see him. The, the quick explosiveness is something that really stands out when I watched him play. Um, you know, we got involved a little bit in the, in the tackling game, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about a kid here who's 
I mean, he's listed at 6'2", 185. Like, this is this is a like a like a rangy kid. You know, this is not somebody who is going to show up at Ohio State. And I mean, I, I say this relatively. Every high school kid needs to grow into their bodies when they get into college. Because I think Steven was the one who mentioned this to me before the um, Youngstown State game. We were on the field and he said something like, these kids, what they look like now is not what they're going to look like in four months. And if you have kids of your own or you are around kind of kids that age, you know, that's very true. So, you know, these kids are kind of rapidly growing, but at already six to one eighty five, like you're going to have to put on strength. You're going to have to get faster, but you could see the traits there of what this kid is and, and what he kind of could be. And, um, you know, I, I, you, you look at kind of where he's ranked in the two, four, seven rankings, um, two, four, seven doesn't have their, like their five stars out yet. Um, but he would be a five star in the 2025 class. He's ranked 13th in the country by two, four, seven. Uh, well, that technically leaves there are, com- there are composites out there. You just well, well, that, that's what I was going to say. So two, four, seven, they're individual. I should clarify they're t- individual. They have him as, uh, as a four star just because, um, they don't have five stars given out yet. Um, but he is the 13th player in the country report per two, four, sevens ranking, meaning he would be a five-star. The composite ranking for him is 27th overall in the country. So that takes into account, uh, two, four, seven rivals ESPN and on three. Uh, and that has him as a five-star 27th overall is five-star. So, I mean, this is a kid who Ohio, uh, Ohio state's obviously after him as are a couple other schools. He mentioned that, you know, he, he's not really focused on a list or narrowing anything down right now. He just kind of wants to focus on his junior year and, um, you know, kind of get through the season. And, and that's totally reasonable. I mean, I know kids commit early these days, but, you know, it's still it's still really early, especially for a non-quarterback. So, um, yeah, he, he's one of the better, you know, kind of high-end players in the country. And, you know, I think I saw, you know, the the ability and I saw the athleticism in the reason why every program in the country would want him. Dorian Brew, as you mentioned, number 27 player, number five cornerback, top player in Ohio for the 2025 class. Also, he's got a bit of an athletic pedigree. His mother, Donica Merriman, ran track at Ohio State from 1998 to 2001. So we're going to use Dorian Brew to have a bigger conversation about Ohio State's cornerback recruiting because Tim Walton has come here and immediately gotten things to where they – well. Kerry Collins was coming back, first of all, in 2021, helped get the room back together as well because he got Jordan Hancock, Denzel Burke, and J.K. Johnson, who, of course, is now at LSU. But that was the, the start of it. But in 2022, you saw Tim Walton go get – excuse me, no. And then, But in 2023, uh, 2023, excuse me, you saw Tim Walton go get uh, Jermaine Matthews, top kid out of Ohio, uh, Calvin Simpson Hunt, highly rated kid out of Texas that he flipped from Texas – Texas Tech. And then in this 2024 class, you're already seeing Bryce West, Aaron Scott, and Miles Lockhart. That's two guys who are top 50 recruits as well. The top guys that he's getting, though, are from Ohio. You know, we're talking about Bryce West. We're talking about Aaron Scott. We're talking about Jermaine Matthews. Now we're talking about Dorian Brew in this 2025 class as well. And Andrew, you weren't around for this part, but there was a time when Kerry Combs left after the 2017 season where the recruiting of the cornerback position at Ohio State went down the drain. They couldn't get highly rated kids in here. The development wasn't there after Jeff Okuda and Sean Wade left, and it was just kind of a downhill slide. 
Tim Walton seems like a more permanent choice there at, as the cornerback coach, especially since Kerry Combs did not work out yet. And two years into his recruiting prowess, he has shown a high-level ability to recruit, but it's been centered around guys that are within the state. And you're getting to know this, but have you maybe noticed that when we've talked about some of the freshmen who are already on the roster? I mean, you're coming in at a time when – Aaron Scott, I think, committed to Ohio State a week after you joined the beat. And Bryce West committed maybe a month before you joined the beat. You mentioned the the lack of you know ability to see what they can actually do because it's Ohio high school football. But have you noticed the uptick in talent as you've done your research of just defensive backs in Ohio State's backyards that, are, that is allowing Tim Walton to maybe you know have this renaissance of cornerback recruiting that he's had the last couple of cycles? I don't know if it's an uptick that I've seen in, you know, in desire to some to pull in some of these kids. I think because look, you will go to how, how many F- FBS programs are there? One hundred and thirty-five or something like right, right, whatever okay. it is. Whenever you talk, every FBS program, they every every single one of them is going to get a new head coach, and what is that new head coach going to say in his opening press conference when they talk about recruiting? Oh, gotta recruit the backyard got to recruit where we are you know that's that's you got to hold it down you know that's where you've got to win and i think it's one of those things where ohio state i think it it's a question where i think you you can look at it and see pretty clearly that there is an effort to win the kids in ohio but they're not going to overextend themselves if they don't have to in Ohio. Because if you just kind of like look at some of these recruiting classes, like I was looking this up before we did this, uh, Calvin Simpson Hunt, uh, he was their uh, number one corner in the 2023 class. Walks, Waka, I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce where he's from, but it's Texas. Um, he's from Texas. And then you go down the line, uh, Jermaine Matthews, he's a kid from Cincinnati, a top 150 player. You got him. All right, so you did what you had to do in uh, you did what you had to do in Ohio, twenty twenty four. You mentioned the kids, Aaron Scott, um, Bryce West. You pull in the kids from Ohio, so yeah, they're doing a good job of that. But then you look at the kids who they're targeting in twenty twenty five. Devin Sanchez is high on everybody's list. He's one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the country. He's a he's a five star composite player. He's from Houston. Then you go down the list again. Uh, there's a kid, Fahim Delane, good counsel in Maryland. That's a really good program in Maryland. So then you go down the list again. Devin Williams, Buford High School in Georgia. That is the high school. Um, I'm uh, uh, Buford High School. I've, I'm trying to think. They're a couple times state champions. Like and KJ Bolden, Harry KJ Miller. Bolden. I forgot his name. Edric Houston. Yep. I was just see. I was trying Dylan to think Rayola. of the safety. Yeah, I was trying to think of the safety's name, and I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, Buford High School, great high school. Blake Woodby, St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. Mark Zachary, Indianapolis. Uh, you know, you you can just kind of go down the line. Jet White, Miami. Go down that list. I didn't say Ohio. And that doesn't mean that you're ignoring Ohio. That doesn't mean that you're saying we don't want, we're not interested in Ohio or whatever, but if the opportunity presents itself to go get a five-star corner from Texas, if the opportunity presents itself to go get a five-star corner from good counsel in that Catholic league out in the DC area in Maryland, you're going to do that. So I think that there's an emphasis to really lock down the kids that you can get in Ohio. I mean, 
Bryce West and Aaron Scott, I think are great examples of that. You can really kind of lock those kids in, keep them in Ohio, keep them local. That Those are the battles you win. But if they're like, I understand you want to recruit Ohio, but if there comes a year like 2025 has kind of shaped up to be a little bit and at least kind of in terms of some of the higher rated corners in the country, if there comes a year where, hey, what if like, is anybody on the, like, is anybody listening to this or is anybody, or, or would we, you know, disparagingly talk about their recruiting class? If you grab, let's just say those two corners, you grab a five-star corner from Texas and a five-star corner from Good Counsel. No, we're not. You know, we're going to be like, what a great recruiting class. So I don't think it's an emphasis on winning Ohio and just getting anybody and like getting everybody in Ohio. You can, I think it's pretty clearly an emphasis of we are going to win the battles in Ohio when they present themselves. And I think that's the thing, though, but whether you're talking 23, 24, 25, the, it has presented themselves because they didn't go get, you know, the guy from Texas or Florida or Maryland in the 24 class. They went and got yeah. guys from Ohio. Now, Miles Lockhart's from Arizona, but he's also a lower rated guy who's expected to come here and to play that nickel role. Your two outside corners are from your backyard. The class before that, your two top high outside corners are from, uh, well, the top, your top high cornerback in that class, the 23 class, is from your backyard. In fact, I saw him. I watched him earn his offer. You don't know the story of Jermaine Matthews. Jermaine Matthews was like a three-star heading into the summer of 2022, so his last summer of high school, and he didn't have an Ohio State offer, and he showed up from the first day of a day camp and was clearly a dude, walked away with an offer, and from that point on, he rose up the rankings, so now he was the top player in Ohio coming out of high school. You have to have that guy. You have to have Aaron Scott. You can't lose him to Michigan or Oregon or anywhere else. You can't lose Bryce West to Michigan or USC or any school, other school around the country. It's this, it's going to be the same thing with Dorian Grew. I understand he's at, technically from Texas. He grew up in Texas, but yep. he's got Ohio State ties. One, he lives in Ohio right now. Two, his mother went to Ohio State and played sports at Ohio State. That's enough of an Ohio tie to go, you probably should have that kid. There's another guy. Right, two of the top six corners in the twenty twenty five class, Dorian Brew, obviously we've already been talking about here, was number five. Number six is Trey McNutt at a Shaker Heights High School. Now maybe I I saw him over the summer. I thought he was more of a safety, but they're recruiting him as a cornerback, and he's from Shaker Heights, Ohio, which is up in Northeast Ohio. So to the point of, I I think that's the point I'm getting at here. Yes, every year isn't going to present these highly rated guys in Ohio, but the last couple of years here, there has been an uptick in talent in Ohio to where, of course, if Devin Sanchez wants to come here, you take Devin Sanchez. Right. But no one is going to look at you sideways if you have a class full of Ohio defensive backs, given the level of talent they have right now, because these are nationally highly rated guys to where if you take Bryce West or Aaron Scott and you put them in California – Right now, based off what their rankings are, it would still be just as big as the deal as it is right now that you got right. them out of Ohio. And I think that's the big thing here is Tim Walton has been able to build, rebuild and retool that cornerback room with guys from his backyard because there has been an uptick in talent there. I'm not saying go take the three-star and two-star from right. Ohio, but this is the I mean, this is the the constant conversation. If they're highly rated top 100, top 150 guys in your backyard, they need to be Ohio State football players. Unless there's something, unless the option you're taking instead is the Jeremiah Smith of the wide receiver room, right? Then you don't take the top player from Ohio because you're taking Jeremiah Smith. Devin Sanchez is a very good football player. There's a lot of really good cornerbacks in that 25 class, but there's also two guys 
who live within a two hour radius from your campus. And you should probably have those guys. And it's not all that often where you see this much cornerback talent year after year after year. And I think that's what makes it so important. Ohio State doesn't have to overemphasize highly talented guys. It just has to it has to emphasize talented guys and emphasize talented guys from your backyard. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're kind of saying the same thing here, too, because if Aaron Scott and Bryce West were from North Carolina and North Dakota, you still recruit them and you still are very excited about bringing them in, right? The The emphasis has got to be if you like and I, and I guess to your point, though, if you don't get those two Ohio kids or if you only get one of them, that's it's not ideal unless you are pulling in a another kid who is a pulling in a five-star kid from Texas, pulling in a five-star kid from Georgia, pulling in a five-star kid from California. Like it's it's only I think a problem not recruiting Ohio is if you are not getting the adequate talent elsewhere. Because like we'll 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 put it at quarterback. Like Taven Sinclair's from Bell Fountain. Like that's you know, he's the only guy in the 2025 class. Great. Hooray for Ohio State. You know, he's, you know, really good quarterback, outstanding. You had to lock him down because he's from Belfont. You know, you have the local kid. You didn't now you have the quarterback in the 2025 class. You know, that's that's something you should be after. But fans should be just as excited about him. I think that there's like a little bit of an emotional pull there, obviously. But fans should be just as excited about Taven St. Clair. You know, like are would you be more excited or less excited about Aaron Nolan if he was from, you know, uh, if, if he went to Pickerington instead of uh, uh, Langston, I think it's Langston Hughes down in Georgia. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think it, it's it's a matter of you have to recruit your backyard when the opportunities present themselves. It has to be situational. And with Aaron Scott and Bryce West, it did. Um, but if you if you find like if if Ohio State likes a couple of other corners, like if Ohio State likes you know, go down the line, Devin Williams and Trey McNutt. And let's say they get Devin Sanchez. And those are three corners that you bring in and you only bring in the one corner from Ohio. And they look at Dorian brew and they're like, you know what? Good football player. We like these other three guys better. That's not a huge issue. The huge issue is if you let Georgia, and this is kind of going back to the existential debate about Ohio State defensive recruiting, right? It's like you need defensive talent like you need, or like you're getting the wide receiver talent. Like You can lose a battle to a Georgia. You can lose a battle to a Texas. You can lose a battle to a USC. You can lose those things, and it's not the end of the world because, hey, those programs are good too, and they're allowed to have good players too. The problem becomes if you're not supplementing that talent. So, you know, if, if you can go elsewhere and find talent that you like better than Ohio talent, great. But you've also got to recruit the Ohio kids when they are as talented as some of the other kids from Georgia, from Texas, from wherever else across the country. So we're going to take a break there. When we come back, you did go see Dorian Brew play on Friday. So we can maybe break to him down a little bit what you what you saw from Dorian Brew. So back with more on that when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
And we're back on Buckeye Talks. Time for the text, 614-350-3315. Yeah, Andrew was out at uh, Northmont High School. He was texting stuff Fairmont off the Dorian Brute. Fairmont. Oh, it was an away game. It was an away game. It was Fairmont High School. Even more important, he goes to the away games, too. He was out watching Dorian Brew play on Friday night and sending text off of that. We were texting off of the game on Saturday. We were texting on Sunday. We were texting on – we text every day. Two-week free trial. Great time to sign up. Three ninety nine after that. I promise you, you'll love it. 614-350-3315. So let's get into Dorian Brew for a little bit. What did you – and I know it's hard. It's You're watching a cornerback play against a team that's in the, playing the triple option. So it's you probably didn't get to see a lot of coverage stuff. I, I remember – I went to go see Jair Brown when he was in high school. And I remember my entire story being Jair Brown was bored all day. And then they finally <laughs> threw at him. But because he they didn't do anything with him all day, he gave up a catch. And he was just like, yeah, I can't get sleepy out there. It's, but it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. But Ohio's, Ohio does have a rich history of cornerbacks. Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward. Those are two guys. I mean, the NFL knows those two pretty well. They're from Ohio. With Dorian Brew – from what you could tell, both from a coverage standpoint, but also just a physical football player tackling everything else that goes into being cornerback, something you liked about what you saw, something about what you didn't like, and did he look like a guy that projected out as a legitimate outside corner in Ohio State's defense if he were to come to Ohio State? Oh, wow, a lot of questions. Uh, I know. So the the first thing that I saw, I mean, obviously you mentioned it. All right, so the you know the first play of the game, you know, you kind of watch him and. You're like, all right, you know, maybe they'll, you know, get some play actions and, you know, maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll start to, you know, throw it a little bit. They did not. Fairmont was very, I mean, it was the first half. The first half took like 40 minutes. Like we were at halftime at like 740. It was kind of crazy. So what I saw from him was a player who is really quick. And there are, there is a... I guess I, I don't want to say it's like a I'm trying I'm try, not a cliche. Um, I guess maybe it's a cliche. You're, you're quicker than fast. Um, I don't mm. know if he's quicker than fast, but he when he runs, it's kind of like he's being shot out of a cannon. Like he gets from like think of it like a like a car going from zero to 60. He gets to top speed pretty quickly. Um, so he, he can he can move. So that was really impressive to me. Um, I think the biggest thing for him, I mean, obviously I would like to see him play, you know, kind of in, in a passing setting. I would like to see him play when, Hey, look, you know, this, uh, you know, this is the game where, you know, this is the game where they're going to, they're going to have to throw at him 10 to 15 times. How do you respond? Like, how do you respond when you get beat, when you get beat deep? Like what happens when, you know, he gets beat on a post route and he's got to get up and respond to that. You know, those are the things you want to see. Um, but I, you know, the thing that I, I do want to see him kind of grow into over the next year and a half to like really like he, I, he's obviously a special football player now, but like I think we could be talking about a really, really unique kid if you can, if he can fill out a little bit. Um, you know, he's 6'2". I mentioned, you know, he's 6'2". He's listed at 6'2", 185. Like he gets some, some weight onto that frame. Like this is a kid – who you can tell you can you you just have this feeling like this kid can play outside corner at Ohio State like eventually you know like this isn't one of those kids I mean he's a junior in high school so he still has you know over a year until he could even potentially be in Columbus but 
like just the traits that I mentioned at the beginning of this show, the traits that he had, I thought were really impressive. Um, you know, he's got long arms, you know, he can really run. He re- he had a really nice recovery on one of the plays, one of the only plays that they did throw at him. So yeah, I mean, this is certainly somebody that, you know, Ohio state would recruit. And I mean, I understand that there are different, you know, defensive looks and there are different things that you can do. He's not your prototypical slot corner, you know, the guy who's like 5'9", 5'10", who's, who's really, really quick, really, really fast, and just kind of covers the, the shifty slot receiver from the other team. Like, he is not that. He is a guy you put on the outside. So, yeah, in terms of physical traits, which is, I mean, honestly, kind of what you're scouting as when these kids are sophomores and juniors in high school, I, I liked what I saw, and I think Ohio State fans should be pretty excited about kind of what – what he could bring to the table in a few years. So what didn't you like? What didn't I like? Uh, well, I didn't like that Fairmont ran the flex bone. Um, from a football perspective, I, I did you, enjoy You, the it. traditionalist on the I, pod, no, well, didn't well, like well, well, the, well, the old school flex See, bone? you cut me off because I was about to say <laughs> the football fan in me was like, this is nice because I don't know if anybody's listening to this podcast from – Fairmont High School, or with any ties to Fairmont High School, uh, I was impressed at how they ran that that offense. They, they were a very disciplined football team. Um, they Their quarterback was, I mean, he would get to the line, he would go left, he would go right, he would yell out the call, they would get down, and it was very quick, it was very smooth, uh, it was not very, like, exciting, I guess, if you will. I mean, they had zero points for the first three and a half quarters. Um, but I did kind of enjoy watching the. It was it was a very it was a va- it was a vast difference because Northmont they have a they have a very very quick quarterback and I really like that kid. He was he's he's kind of small. I think he was probably you know probably less, he's probably like five ten. Um, but uh, Northmont also has a kid who's like six foot three who is he's a senior and he's committed to Eastern Michigan and that kid's good. That kid really impressed me. So Northmont kind of ran this spread wide open offense. And Fairmont ran this triple option flex bone. So it was, it was a nice clash of styles. Um, the thing that I would want to see from Dorian, again, it was really hard to get kind of like an accurate scouting report on him. The thing that I would want to see from him is more physicality. Um, I think that that's going to grow as you get older. I mean, you know, like if you look at his 247 page, I mean, Ohio State's recruiting him as a DB. If you look at his 247 page, he's still listed as a receiver. Like 247 has him listed as, you know, one of the best yeah. receivers in the country. Yeah. Well, 247 Sports isn't always great at updating some of that stuff. He's playing cornerback. He told us right. that over the summer. Right. So he, he's playing cornerback. Um, you know, he's getting recruited as a cornerback. He's getting recruited by Coach Walton as a cornerback. He talks to Perry Eliano every once in a while. Um, but they're, they're looking at him as a corner. So I would like to see kind of that physicality of, you know, there wasn't a ton of opportunities there, but I just think that that could be, that's what, there are a few things that in my view really kind of elevate a high school kid in my, in my mind. Um, you know, I think there are the traits check easy, easy money check. Um, you know, just kind of the way that you, the way that you can handle different things. Um, you know, I thought that, you know, he, he read things well, you know, he, he wasn't getting sucked inside a lot on some of those run plays because against the triple option team, you know, I mentioned that Fairmont was was pretty disciplined. You've got to be disciplined playing that because if Dorian Brew comes sprinting in, you know, he played the right side corner. Uh, if he comes sprinting in, 
quarterback pulls it, uh-oh, that's a bit, you know, that's, that's trouble. So, you know, I thought he was really disciplined there. Um, but kind of getting involved in the run game, like that physicality, that aggressiveness, like I think that that really, I mean, having that, I mean, that proves to me that you are a more of a ready-made Division One player. So, you know, I would like to see, you know, kind of as he grows here over the next year and a half, and I mean mentally, physically, you know, all that kind of stuff, I would like to see him reach that level. But um, yeah, I mean, it, again, I, I did, I did, I did like what I saw from uh, from Dorian. You said he's talking with Tim Walton and Perry Eliano. Well, so mostly Tim Walton. Um, you know, he said he's talked to Perry Eliano before, but this is not, you know, Perry Eliano is not the one recruiting him. Okay. I'm going to take one more break, and then I want to have, like, a, just a short conversation with Andrew. It's not really a conversation. I just have a question for him because people are still getting to know him on the pod. So I'm just oh, going to pick his brain real quick when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. I wasn't going to ask Andrew this, but then he went into a soliloquy about the flex offense, and so now I have to ask him about it. What's your perfect offense? If I gave you a 10-play drive, what's the perfect drive for you in in terms of what they run? Are you talking play calls or formations? Both. All right. You're a sneakerhead. You've talked about this before. Do you know – have you ever seen Nike shoes – like the mid high top 70 classics. Yes. I like my offenses to be like that shoe. They are a modern twist on a classic look. If that makes sense. I like the gun option. Like I want to see gun option. Like if you, whenever you run it, I want to see gun option plays. Like I want to see creative gun option plays too. Like, you know, if you, if you have a wing back in the offense, I'm totally okay with it. I think that's cool. Like create misdirection, create, I run motion every single play, every single play run motion, run motion, send guys, read option, triple option, you know, you know, pull, pull your guards, pull your tackles. You should be sending guys left, right, sideways, forwards, backwards, all over the line. Whenever you run the ball, create motion create because the whole the whole point of the defense is to create havoc right like there's this stat in college football and and pro football you hear a lot about havoc rate you know how many plays can you do how many plays can you cause tackles for loss and pressures and things like that well what 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 slows the defense down when they have to think when they can't just pin their ears back and go like when it's third and two and you line up in the power eye, which again, I, there is a time and a place for that. You do have to line up in that every once in a while. When you line up in the Maryland eye and the power eye and you just have to run straight ahead, the defense can just pin their ears back and go. If you've got motion going left and right and sideways and backwards and forwards, yeah, it's a lot harder to defend. So I want to see that type of – like my run plays, I'm sending receivers across. I'm sending running backs, you know, running backs left and right. I'm putting two backs in the backfield at times. I'm so uh, I'm doing all kinds of different looks in the run game. Guards are pulling, tackles are pulling. I'm doing dummy pulls left and right, you know, so you can pull a guard to the left and then you send a read option back to the right. Like I'm I'm doing all kinds of misdirections in the run game. And then in the pass game, 4 5 wide baby. Like spread that thing out. Like don't 
I understand why Ohio State does these things, and I understand why teams, you know, they pass out of 12 or 21 personnel or things like that. I get it because it does create a mismatch. You do want the other team to kind of have to match personnel for you. Uh, who cares? Uh, five wide is a great, is a great, 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 great look. Turn it into seven on seven. I don't care. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I like if I was an offensive coordinator for anything, any team, I guess maybe besides like eighth grade and below, I would have like the Al Saunders playbook where like you, I hand you the book and you're like, oh, this is war and peace that he just handed me. Like, um, you know, it, and it wouldn't be that complicated. It would be one of those things where it's a lot of window dressing, a lot of the same plays out of different formations. Like you've got to, you got to be simple, but you've got to create as much havoc on defenses as possible. So, uh, that's my long winded answer. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of misdirection in the run game. And when you're going to throw it, just spread that thing out, do what Tennessee does. Just run four verts every single time. Yeah, I love sure. how your run. I love how your run game and your passing game have no marriage whatsoever. Yep. They're just two different. They're two yep. different worlds. Well, I, see, <laughs> I, I I disagree a little bit because I think I think what you can do, like there is a world in which you know you go f- like you go four wide and you have a running back in the backfield, or you have a tight end and that's an inline tight end or something like that. You know, you can you can do that in the pass game, but like. Let's say you run one one running back set and you have four receivers out there and you're going to run the ball. Send the slot receiver in motion, run a jet read, turn that into a triple option where he's coming across the line of scrimmage. You fake it with him and then the running back's going to the right. You can run out of a lot of different things. I've thought about this, as you can tell. I'm just thinking your offensive line is going to have so many snap infractions. It's amazing. Nope. They're the smartest players on the field. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah, the offensive line is the smartest players, on the, the smartest group of players on the field. Um, I want, I want athletic offensive linemen. Like, I need the mm. kid who's like, I need tackles that are like long, like six six, like three hundred pounds that can move. Also, Trent Williams is out there. I well, Trent Williams is a, is. A, I mean, he's he's like he's so good. He's, he's the just second a, best tackle ever. Yeah, he's like one of the. He's a freak. Like. Trent Williams is is a different type of person, but like I want the long tackles with the long arms that can get outside. And yeah, they might not like it, but guess who else isn't gonna like it? The defense. Uh run a like if you like again, if you've ever played or if you've ever played with Oregon on NCAA football, like their running game is what I want to do in real life. I just want to see it. So there you have it. Yep. A little bit of recruiting chalk. A little bit of peek inside of Andrew's mind when he talks football. It's really see. I hope I hope the people listening to this are like, "What the hell is he talking?" Like, have you ever have you have you ever seen Miracle the movie? Yes. You know that there's a part of the movie where Herb Brooks is like drawing on the on the glass, and then he walks away. Everybody good? Yep, got it. And he walks away, and one of the players goes, "What the hell is he talking about?" And somebody goes, "No clue." That's kind of like that. So the the chaos that you all just heard, that's my constant state of being in my mind. So yeah. I hope uh, I hope that was a good glimpse, but yeah, no, no, I, I think people will get a kick out of that. They're getting to know you a little bit on this podcast. Yeah. So I'll wrap up today. As you're listening to this, we're preparing to go talk with Ryan Day on Tuesday as they prepare for the Western Kentucky game on Friday. So sign up for the text 614-350-3315. All that information coming to your phone first before it goes anywhere else. For Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen Means, and that 
that was a Buckeye talk.